scary. Do you feel that? Do you feel that tremble in your blood? Yes, I do. That, Gary, is give me five. We are there. Yes. Feel it. Feel it. Rouse your body into answering these questions of which I have for you. I have five, and you have five, and we shall ask them unto each other, even though we do not know what they are. By God, we will answer them. Honestly. Five dollars if you do that voice. The entire time. (laughs) The entire time. Already it grates upon the back of my throat, so I shan't take it for the measly pay of five dollars, but I appreciate your offering. Sacrifice will be remembered in the kingdom for many years to come. (laughs) Well, all right. Gary. (laughs) You know what? Normally, Gary. I start out these things, but for one week, I'm going to give you the gift of starting out our Gimme Five. Aww. Why don't you start us out with your question first off? Enjoy. Well, thank you, Philip. I appreciate you letting me take the reins on this one. This is a simple little game that I came up with called Real or Not Real Clooney Edition. Basically, I'm going to shoot you ten movies that George Clooney, the star of last week's movie, has been in. But the thing is, five of them I totally made up that aren't real movie titles. So five of them are real Clooney movie titles. Five of them are not real Clooney movie titles. I pulled them out of my you-know-what. All right. So I, I'm feel, just gonna, I feel pretty strong I'm about this. going to list a movie. The only one that Tell I, me I would feel a, bad is if he's like a background or something. But but I'm I'm ready. Oh, I'm ready. I reached deep into the Clooney Good. background. So you, he's been in. This guy's been in a lot. Um, yeah. Okay, so I'm just going to shoot a name at you. Tell me if it's a real thing or not. Uh, Return of the Killer Tomatoes. Oh, boy. You know what? For somebody who hates Rotten Tomatoes so vehemently, he would never associate himself with those those dastardly vegetable fruits. I say no. This is a real movie that George Clooney did in, I believe, 88, called The Return of the Killer Tomatoes, and I think that it might be one of these challenge movies because it has a 0%. Wow. Gotta watch it. Wow. Yeah. I knew that. Next actually, one. I've heard of the film before. I just don't. I never associated it with George Clooney. Go ahead. I know. He's like third build on there. Uh, next one. Our brand is Crisis. That sounds. I mean, <laughs> speaking of brand, that sounds on brand for George Clooney. I'm going to say, yes, he is in that film. Yes, that is a real movie, and he is in it. Yes. Uh, next one. Oh, and yeah, the, the ones that aren't real are just titles that I just, like, made up. Ooh. But I, I try to really make them sound like real movie titles. Okay. Next one. A man is engaged. That is fake. There's no way. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's fake. There's too much <laughs> There's too much artistry in that one for bad George Clooney. A man film. is engaged. Yeah. Uh, t- um, talkative. No, I say that's fake as well. That is also fake yeah. as well. That is, that is very fake. I'm Here three and go. one. So, there we go. Next one. The Scourging of the Shire. Wow. There's alliteration there, which sounds like a Philip tool. And I think that you put this in just <laughs> for me, just for my little heart. So I'm going to say that is fake as well. You you didn't think I'd have the guts to say you did three fakes in a row. I did. You know, hey, you you knew me psychologically. Bam. You're right. Bam. It's, not, it's actually a, a chapter in one of J.R.R. Tolkien's books. I stole that from him. Oh, nice. Next one. Radio Man. Wow. The Oh, wow. This can go either way because I feel like you could be making a slight nod towards me and just, just stroking my ego. Or 
That's very much a movie possibility. Wow, this is good. This is good. I'm going to go with this is real. This is where the streak dies and where you finally relented and put in a real movie. You're, you're absolutely right. Oh, thank God. The ego has been stroked, and this is a real movie. Radio Man. Next one. The Half-Life of Timothy Berezin. I think you wanted to just say Timothy Chalamet, and then you just put Gare Bear in there. So I'm going to say fake. It's a real movie. Wow. And George, Timothy Berezin. I have no idea who that is, but I hope that Clooney played him well. Yeah. Wow. I think I'm five no. of seven thus far. Yeah. Next. Metalheads. Uh, he just doesn't have the hair for Metalhead, so I'm going to say no. <laughs> Good call. He was in a movie called Leatherhead with John Krasinski yes. about some uh, football players. Yeah. I thought I'd do a little twisty on that. Nice. Nice call. All right, final two. Uh, so it's the final two. I'm going to give them to you both at once. You tell me which is the real one and which is the fake one. Ooh, okay. T- title number one. Bafo, Tinseltown's Bombs and Blockbusters. Okay. Once again, that's Bafo, Tinseltown's Bombs and Blockbusters. Okay. Next, Duck, Duck, Goose. One of these is a real movie that Clooney was in. The other is Total Nonsense. I think Duck, Duck, Goose is nonsense. I'm going to go with Bafo, Tinseltown's, and Fantasy Ticklers is, is the real one. The Fantasy Ticklers wins. You are absolutely correct. Wow. All right. You real or not real? Philip Emery takes the yeah. cake. That's a tough one. Eight out of I ten. I think that's got to be our most impressive performance we've that's seen on this good. on this program in quite some time. Yeah. Quite some time. I will I will take my victory lap after this. All right, Gary. I begin where we ended last week with the game my sister gifted me at Christmas. Yeah. Remember, I will draw a card and ask you the film trivia question associated on the card. If you answer correctly, you shall get a point. If not, you shall fail and lose a point. Since we must do eight separate questions because of the way the card is formatted, I must remind us both that you can win with five or more correct answers, lose with five or more incorrect answers, or tie with only four right and four wrong answers. Gary, are you ready? I have never been more ready in my entire life. God, I love to hear that. All right, first one. First one on the movie quiz game that my sister gave me. Where does Ron Burgundy pitch, pitch up after leaving... San Diego in Anchorman 2. Wow, it, I, it, that's a weird choice of words for that. But where does Ron Burgundy pitch up after leaving San Diego or San Diego in San Diego. Anchorman 2? I don't know the city, but is it a lighthouse? Final answer? Final answer. You are incorrect. It's New York. What? But he, I mean, this is the whole plot where he, he goes to a lighthouse, he's like blind or something. You're right, but remember, <laughs> that's after he makes cable news. He's oh there for gosh, the birth of right. cable news, I know. Yeah. All right, so you are wrong for your first one. Second one, what's the name of the PTA queen and perfect mom in Bad Moms? And I've got a first and last name. A character's name? Yeah. Or the actress's name. No, I oh. believe I believe it's the character's name. I'm not familiar with Bad Moms. You know, it's funny. For some reason, I, I watched a Bad Moms Christmas last year. I, I wouldn't recommend it. Um, with any amount of alcohol, it's not great. Wow. Um, That's pretty hard to accomplish. I have no no idea, so I'm going to say Maya Stapleton. Mm. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. Um, we've got B. Gwendolyn. 
So you are. I I was. Pr- I mean, Gwendol in Stapleton. Yeah, that's, that's you know somewhere. that's pretty close. That's somewhere. The, you know the, what? I mean, these questions it, they either they they tout from ridiculously easy to ridiculously hard. We gotta find one of the bad mom super fans and bring him or her on. Yeah. On the podcast to get that. All right. Where was Ladybird star Ceres Ronan? Sersha. Yeah, Sersha yeah, Ronan born. Thing. Where was she born? Ireland? Uh, no. She was born in New York. Ooh. <laughs> oh, no. Gary, you're on the precipice. Wow. Of at least She's one of my celebrity crushes, too. Oh, Man. I love it. I love to hear that. All right, Gary. In the movie, I'm sure, is far adored in your mind, The Boss Baby. Which wizard's catchphrases <laughs> does Wizzy the Wizard repeat? Is this a multiple choice one, or I just have to you know You just it? have to know it. I'm getting roasted. I haven't seen Boss Baby. Um, let's say, yeah. how about you? I'm going to say no, even though you're tech- you're right, but you're wrong. Because I asked which wizard's catchphrases does Wizzy the Wizard repeat. So technically, it is Gandalf from Lord of the Rings, but you said the oh, phrase, not oh. the wizard. Gary, you're guaranteed to at least tie this week, and you're looking... You're looking like you might even lose this week. I, I, that brings me great joy. Yeah, that's um, wow. Oh wow. That that was really hard. Here we go. This one, this one will be is a make good. All right. What was the full name on Fogel's fake ID in the movie Superbad? McLovin. McLovin, and he's on the McLovin. board. What are you, an Irish R&B singer? It's a classic scene. McLovin. Name of the creator of Paddington who died six months. Wow. But who died six months before the release of Paddington Two? The name of the creator of Paddington, who died six months before the release of Paddington 2. Man, these are merciless today. This is, it's obviously a British guy. I have no idea who it is, but the the, the Paddington movie is fantastic. All right, Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. I feel so bad about this that I'm going to give you a hint. Do you want a hint on the first name or the last name? Last name. Last name. This person loves his martinis. This character loves his martinis. Um, so is it a James or is it a Bond? I'm going to say James. Remember, you asked for the clue on which name? The last name. So? So, okay, so it's something Bond. Um, uh, and they're British. I'm going to say Arthur. Arthur Bond. <sighs> Close. Michael Bond. Ah! If not, I was going to go okay. to an office reference for the first It's not even movie trivia, man. This is getting pretty, pretty, pretty deep Pretty in the interpretive bag. on a, a movie <laughs> trivia. What constitutes movie yeah. trivia? All right, Gary, this is your last one. You've guaranteed that you're going to have a, a bad week. Let's move. <laughs> All right. Which British comedian has a starring role in Muppets Most Wanted? And I will say you do know this comedian. This, this person um, is a celebrity. Ricky Gervais. Final answer? It's either him or Russell Brand, but I'm gonna I think it's Ricky Gervais. You're absolutely correct. Eee, yeah, buddy. Finally. Alright, last one. Ooh. Spy director Paul Feig wrote the character of Nancy for which UK TV comedy actor? Spy director Paul Feig wrote the character of Nancy for which UK TV comedy actor? Can I ask you, is it a, a man or a woman? It is, it, it's a woman. It's a woman. 
uh, a UK female television comedy star. Um, I feel really bad. I have no idea whatsoever. So I'm going to say... Um, I can't remember her name. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> um, Renee Zellweger. I know I'm wrong. What's the name? Miranda Hart. I don't even know who that is either, but <laughs> as impressive as I was in the earlier game, wow. you were completely I was equally as unimpressive. Yes. We are at a Miranda score Hot. of 6 to 2, wrong to right. And unfortunately, I'm smiling from ear to ear. All right, go ahead, Gary. <laughs> Your turn. Okay, here's a fun little thing that I had no idea about. Uh, the U.S. intelligence agencies have 180 days to share with Congress what they know about UFOs thanks to the COVID-19 relief and spending bill. This is a real thing. There is a tiny, tiny clause in the COVID relief bill that mandates that defense agencies release a detailed report in like the next six months about all their experience and knowledge about UFOs. So this one's kind of a two-parter. Are, are you a big alien believer like myself? And what message, if any, would you like to send to our eventual alien friends slash overlords? What would right. you like to tell them if you had to tell them something about humanity? Um, well, okay, so I'll tackle your first question. Do I believe in aliens? I believe that there is life out there. I don't know if it's our yeah. interpretation of uh, little green men, you know, in a, in a strict UFO saucer. Um, but I do believe that there are aliens. Um in the sense of there's life out there. I feel like in one of the planets, in one of the galaxy, in, in one of the, uh, in one of, in anywhere in our universe, there's gotta be another habitable. It, it doesn't, it doesn't feel correct that we are just the only one, probably just the only one within reach as of this moment, as of right now. So, uh, but what message would I want to send to them? Um, all right, so either one of the two, either SOS or nothing. Because SOS, just to maybe make them seem like we're pitiful, like we need help, and maybe that's finally the one thing that bridges us all as a planet, brings us all together and says, hey, we got to get our stuff together because we have a, we have, we've got to come together a la Independence Day. Like, if we don't, nothing's going to bring us together. But... Um, otherwise, let sleeping dogs lie. I feel like the moment you send out a message, you go Jimmy Neutron, and then you let them know that we're here, and then we got to send all of our kids to come save us, and what's the point in that? Exactly. See, that's my thing. Do we even want to? But if you had to, SOS, hey, guys, we're nothing. Come help us. I like it. All right, Gary. Cleveland Browns running back Nick Chubb recently relieved, uh, revealed that is that is that his that name? is his name, Nick Chubb. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I know, I know. It sounds like I, I could be joking, but no. His name is Nick Chubb. Recently revealed that he drew inspiration to recover from a devastating knee injury he suffered in college from The Dark Knight Rises. He said that Batman's efforts to escape the pit paralleled his efforts to emerge from physical therapy. Gary, what are the three top most inspirational films you've ever seen? And of course, I... I say inspirational, obviously, with uh, Nick Chubb here coming back from physical therapy, overcoming a medical thing. That's great. That's phenomenal. But this can motivate you to, to, to you know, to, to use the, the furthest recesses of your brain, a la theory of everything, 
It can be something to, you know, go play with your dog, a la Marley and me. Maybe it's to go eat some food with Ratatouille. What, what's the three most inspirational films you've ever seen? Ooh, there's this great movie. This could be way out of left field. It's called Tokyo Story. It's an Ozu movie. It's an old Japanese movie from the 50s about um, these parents whose kids have, out, have outgrown them and they're basically reflecting back on their life as like mid-50s parents and their kids have become ungrateful and they're thinking about life and what they wish they would have done differently. All this great stuff. It's so... It's heart-wrenching. It's really, really good. And it just made me inspired to go live life. So that's one of them. Next one is a classic I saw in high school and it's maybe not in the upper echelon of sports movies but it's just like when I watched it in the environment that I watched it in meant so much to me was Coach Carter. Oh, Samuel um, Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, there's actually Channing, Channing Tatum's in the movie as a high school basketball player. It's really good. It's kind of corny, but if I mean, if you're a 14 year old basketball player and you watch Coach Carter, you're like, I have to do it for my team. You know, as, a, as an aside, it, we, we, uh, we talked about Felicity Jones in the last uh, episode concerning the Midnight Sky and her and her really not impressive role in it. Uh, but I, I feel like there's two types of actors once you made it to be like a, a movie star, which Felicity Jones undoubtedly is. Once you reach that level, I think that there are two types. There's Robert De Niro or Samuel Jackson, where in movies that obviously not every film is big mega blockbusters or big mega Oscar bait movies, not every single one. And so in the movies that aren't, are you Robert De Niro in Dirty Grandpa, where it's obvious you do not care, and you're not putting an ounce of, of work into anything that's going on, or like Felicity Jones, or you can be Samuel Jackson, who even on snakes on a goddamn plane, just is tired of all these mother effers, and, and just will give his all, no matter what movie it is, and God bless him. Amen, man. That that man doesn't pull his punches. He always no, steps up to the plate. He does. And that movie, it it is the Samuel Jackson movie. Everyone wanted to have Coach Carter as their coach. I'll, Absolutely. I'll tell you that much. Last but not least, uh, Evil Dead. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't want uh, to. Evil assume Dead. What it uh, inspired uh, you to do? But <laughs> I'm not at liberty to say that. Um, honestly. It's, it's kind of a, a, a corny answer, but Star Wars, because it, it is what made me want to get into movies and do everything that I want to do. A movie that continues to blow my mind, um, blew everyone's minds back in the 70s, still blows my mind today. Every new Star Wars movie has something to offer, and I'm always like, if anything can make me feel like a kid and give me that sense of adventure, that's what I want to do for other people, you know, with stuff that, that I write. And I think that Star Wars is the... Uh, initial thing that started that for me so that's why I have to you know pay respect to George Lucas awesome all right your turn sir all right I'm gonna tell you a quick little story before the next question very quick this is a true story um in the year 536 AD a mysterious fog plagued Europe the Middle East and parts of Asia into darkness day and night for 18 months a historian was recorded as writing for the sun gave forth its light without brightness like the moon during the whole year temperatures dropped three degrees snow fell in the summer and china crops failed people starved the uh in ireland uh, there's a failure of bread for three years wow. um there was a really bad plague one half of the population of the eastern roman empire died this is all in the year 536 I looked up what the worst year on record was because 2020 was considered by many to be the, the worst year for them, you know, with COVID, uh, political instability, all of those things. And so I, I, after giving you that spiel about the year 536, 
I want to ask a simple would you rather and why. Would you rather have to live through the year 536 once, we put you in a time machine, you have to go live there for a year and survive, or have the next 10 years of your life just be 2020 uh, over and over and over again? So would I rather live through 536 once, one year? Once or, or 2020, 10 times. Or, or imagine if, you know, this feeling that we're in right now, you know, we have all the blessings of modern medicine, but this instability, COVID, everything. What if this just went on for 10 more years? Which one would you rather deal with? <sighs> well, I think, I think I would choose 10 more years of 2020. And the reason being is that one year of 536, right? Five, one year of 536, I don't know that I would survive. Because those olden times, man, like you, jeez, uh, you broke a leg. You were like you a. get a paper cut? Yeah, you're you were like a horse. <laughs> like they put you out to pasture yourself because, like, yeah. the life expectancy. You were old if you made it to 42. You you were just absolutely. I mean, we uh, not even that recently. We um, for those of us watching the playoffs right now, they just did a side by side of the oldest players to throw a, a, a touchdown in the playoffs. And Tom Brady was on the left side, and I think it was Otto Graham was on the right. And you looked at these two men, and Tom Brady was the older one, and it did not even did not even register. It, it was it was inc- insane to see the difference between the two. So, um, I would say since at least half of a population went away, as dire as 2020 is, I think, oh, I mean, as bad as 2020 was, nothing absolutely world shattering as like half the population died, I think. I mean, granted, these are both horrible decisions, but I can't think even 10 years of 2020s. Like, it doesn't multiply unto itself, meaning, like, we don't get, like, all right, so how can this get any worse? And then a zombie Yeah, apocalypse. it's not going to escalate. It's just going to... It's going to yeah. stay where it is. It's not going to, you know, whatever. Uh, there were a lot of... I mean, there was a tease of World War Three, but it didn't happen ultimately, which is nice. So and it's not like we'll get pushed over the edge and then get to that. So I think I'd choose 10 more years of 2020, as terrible as it is to say. All right. Uh... Speaking of which, Gary, as we said goodbye to 2020, we also unknowingly said goodbye to a loving institution that we all visited at one point or another. That's right. I'm talking about Farmville. The game shut down this past New Year's Eve and at its height hosted 32 million daily active users and nearly 85 million players overall. The New York. That's why I know. The, I, I I forgot about Farmville until you just said it, and it was such a thing. I like like through Facebook. Oh right? yeah, yeah, exclusively yeah. through Facebook. The New York Times yep. has a fascinating article on the lifetimes and legacy of Farmville that I urge you and all of our listeners to read. But Gary, I ask of you, did you ever play Farmville? And since Farmville's formula has persisted past the originator's life, what game in the style of Farmville were you most obsessed with? Well, Farmville, I, I do remember making an account because I think that, like, my mom was on it. And, and I think there were some kids. I must have been, like, in junior high, like, when Farmville yeah. really started to take off. Maybe, like, early high school. I, I, I am going to read that article, though. That's that's very interesting because I want to know more about it because it's, like, this weird moment that I totally forgot about. But I, I, I didn't get into it. Um, 
I didn't get into a lot of the Facebook games. Now, if we can expand it to like like mobile gaming in general, yeah. like, stuff like like on, on the phones. Um, I think pretty much anything that made you pay to get past a time barrier. There's obviously a yeah. paywall for a lot of games, but this was I think the new thing that happened was that you had to pay or you had to annoy friends with <laughs> with invites to come visit your farm and collect your crops yeah. for you and so anything with a time barrier uh would also be a brother or sister related to this uh farm bill there was a game there is a game actually called dancing line on the iphone oh. and you put in your headphones and it plays a song and you basically control this line that has to get through obstacles and you control it by basically tapping your thumb to the beat of the song it's really simple and it's really addictive and i paid probably like 30 bucks to get through that game and i was like it was wow. this is when i moved to a, to la i was obsessed with it i used to sit in my bed like every night play it with headphones on for like two hours and and try to beat like one song it was that's um, hilarious because 30 <laughs> bucks that's actually a lot. i feel like i, I yeah i i paid a lot for yeah the, the numbers that i i've kind of bandied around or like seen is that most games they feel that their average users, like what they feel is a successful business model, is if their average user pays about what five bucks, five bucks to ten bucks, so thirty bucks. You, you, uh, they had a good life off of you. I was devoted, and then I deleted it, and I was like, it was affecting everything in my life, like seriously. And this is what these mobile games do, man. Oh yeah, they're built to addict. Yeah. <laughs> Your turn, Gary. All right. Next one. So George Clooney, star of last week's movie, as I said before, he is the first half-cousin five times removed of Abraham Lincoln. No. Distant relative of Abraham Lincoln. I don't think Lincoln had any living children, but, you know, through family and all those things, he is related to him just barely. I am the fourth cousin of Bonnie Parker, the infamous criminal Bonnie and Clyde. Oh, wow. Yeah, the... The, I, I used to think growing up that I, it was the actress who played Bonnie, but no, the actual Bonnie. That's who it was. My great grandmother's cousin. Um, that makes so sense. That's why I'm Virginia so is a, rebellious. Is a very rebellious and feisty lady. We on love the her. other side, on the other side of the family that I don't oh. even know about. Though, oh, okay, okay. My dad's side, yeah. His grandmother's cousin is Bonnie Parker. That's why I have this rebellious streak, and I'm such a little criminal, you know. But that's a fun fact that I love to tell at parties. You know, you tell people that they're like, wow. And so it's like one of my icebreakers. I want to know what, you know, are some of the, or what is the fun fact that you tell at parties? And do you think that it could impress George Clooney? Uh, well, the fun fact that I tell at parties, man, if I, like, just need a an icebreaker, I think my go-to is that I can do the splits. You can do the splits? Uh, yeah. Um, now, I guess, since I haven't done it in... I know. Side splits or front splits? Uh, the one where you're going down the middle. Not or, Well, I guess that's any splits, right? Um, the one where you're... Uh, I mean, either way... Horizontal, I guess. Really? Yeah, not, not front and you back, c- but horizontal. Dude. Uh, yeah, if this was a party, I'd be like, <laughs> do the splits right now. Yeah, so I don't... <laughs> oh, my so God. So I don't think that I could impress George Clooney with something like that. Um, I think you could impress George Clooney with the splits. Well, because if I'm meeting George Clooney, I'm probably dressed up. So I don't think, and so I'd have to be like, well, I got to do it. I'm sorry, George. We'll just have to talk about you and and how you gave all your friends a million dollars. So, uh, but no, George, uh, whatever. Anyways, um, yeah. but yeah, that's, that's, uh, 
I don't think it would impress George, but I think it would be at least something to talk about for a half a second. That yeah, this is something I gotta see. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, next time. I. Next can't time. Impress me. Yeah, next time we're in <laughs> studio, I'll. I'll, uh, I'll yes. I'll bust that out. All right. Uh, what's next, Gary? I don't know about you, but I am quite into sports. So much so, I've become a little jaded, but the other day, I read a little blurb from an NFL insider saying uh, that the Seattle Seahawks 49ers game to end the regular season, Seattle ran a jet sweep touch pass to wide receiver David Moore when they could have just taken a knee to run the clock. As it turns out, Moore needed just one more catch to, uh, to reach a receptions incentive, likely was Seattle rewarding a team player. And my first reaction was, aww. And it made me feel weird to subconsciously respond to that in that way immediately. It, it just it just came out of nowhere. It just organically, like I was scrolling through Twitter and upon reading it, I literally said aloud, aww. So Gary, what is a time where you felt weird having an instantaneous reaction towards something you read or something that unfolded before your very eyes? So I have this fun job where I get to talk on the phone all day to ASU students. Um, Go ASU. I have told my, I have told my students about this podcast. I have not told them what it's called. I think that that might be you know breaching right. the professional boundary. But if they find this, shout out to you guys. Um, anyways, I was scheduling an appointment with a female student like three weeks ago, and we couldn't find a time that was working on my calendar. And I finally found a time. And once she confirmed that it was the right time, I said something. Now, I, I'll just do a, a little exercise with you. So you're going to be this okay. student. Your name will be <laughs> Maya, and I'll be Hi. Gary. Um, oh, man, Maya, um, I can't. Oh, you know what? How is 5 o'clock Eastern time, maybe on Friday the 21st? 5 o'clock. Wow. I don't have work anymore. That's that's great. That'll work for me. Oh, sick, bro. Sick. I love it. Whoa, bro. Yeah. I, and on the phone, I am the most button-up professional person, yeah. but I said, sick, bro, sick, <laughs> to a student. I, it was like the end of my day. It was like... You're, you're was, practically was, all the way unbuttoned I, with a beer in hand. Yeah, you were I just was, ready to clock no, out. No, legit. I was like, which wine am I going to open right when this call is over? And we, I was like, oh, my God, this is so frustrating. And then I was like, sick, bro, sick. And then it was like, what did I just say? And then she goes, and, oh, by the way, mine's like 40. <laughs> <laughs> I'm That's 24. Hilarious. I just felt super weird. She was kind of like, okay, well, that works for me. <laughs> I just, I got off. I just felt weird. I felt sick. I was like, why did I say that? It, it, it just carried over with you. It, it just, yeah. it stayed with you all this time. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah. It's one, it's one, like if my boss listened, that should be like, don't say sick bro sick to a student after That's you. That's my only professional <laughs> note for you, Gary. Don't, don't say sick bro <laughs> sick. <laughs> yeah. All right. Your turn, man. So I have a lot of hot takes just in life in general that people mm. always get mad about. Like, I don't like soup. I won't eat soup. I, okay, sometimes I'll eat soup. But mine, a stew or anything where it's like the food is like it's soup, simmered in yeah. hot water, I, I'm not about that. You know, it's just, it's just not me. Like, I'll eat something thick, you know, um, like a clam chowder, which is a little bit different. But, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Soup, I usually talk trash about. Uh, you know, carrots, I don't like them. Never have. Stuff like that. I, I, I'm getting very food-related here, but there's hot takes in general. I want to know, what is your hottest take? You know, the thing that you hold dear that other people just can't even believe why you would even think that. Well, um, if we're going sports, it's that LeBron James is number one. I feel like that's something of a... Oh, you're not going to get an argument from yeah, me about yeah, that. Yeah, so that's why I feel like I have to go even spicier. 
And this, I don't, I don't. Though that is a way to instantly start an argument. Oh yeah, with, with, like, with, with a certain anybody. demographic and <laughs> with, with set of people. people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, Gary. I think that this actually might, this might insult you. The Last Jedi oh, is the best, <laughs> is the best movie of the new trilogy of Star Wars. All right. Luke, or I almost said Luke. Philip, that's my opinion too. Hold on. And I think it's the second best movie in the entire trilogy saga. I think that too. Are you serious? Uh, no, straight up. I think Empire. Well, actually, I think maybe Empire, then New Hope, then Last Jedi. But in general, Last Jedi is a freaking iconic movie. It's so good. My friend. But that is a spicy, spicy take because take. most people. The, the few people that I've discussed this with absolutely hate me for it. And absolutely. Well, here's I mean, my 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 thought process is this. Well, I'll just give a just a, a few notes. Yeah. Uh, my thought is this: you literally take out the casino arc of that of that film. It's tremendously better, absolutely tremendously better, and one of the best films. And I love what they did and the directions they took and the bold thing. The only one that I feel like really didn't yeah. feel feel right. And came up with the wrong reaction, and even though it probably had the right idea, just the wrong reaction that it initially had was when Leia, Mary Poppins, her way back to the ship. That that was I will admit that's that's somewhat problematic for me, a little bit. But other than that, take out the casino arc. I don't like what they did with Finn, but hey, I mean it, it, the entire freaking trilogy, they, it felt like they didn't know what to do with Finn. So I, I can't really. Yeah. I I just you take out that little part. I love the rest of it. The rest of it's phenomenal. Here's my thing. That that can be a hot take. I, but th- there's so many people who I think that, you know, the, the Star Wars haters are definitely the loudest of the bunch. We could get into a whole, like, like culture of, you know, new Star Wars podcast. You know, we could do a whole thing sure. about that. But people get so mad about that movie because they i you know it's either political or whatever but it's no i think it's a great movie i think ryan johnson did a great job and i i mean he just proves he's i mean with you know brick and knives out and looper and last jedi that dude is a boss i I love his movies i agree yeah all right gary uh i want to end on a game and what better way to end yeah than on the freakiest of freaks who just recently retired. Yep, that's right. You guessed it. We are quizzing you, Gary, on the bald badass, Caillou. He's a weird little dude. <laughs> and PBS finally shut this terror down. I'm sure you're familiar with the man, the myth, the legend, Caillou, Gary. But I will give you a trivial rundown of Caillou, where if you lose, I win. And if you win, you lose, because you knew far too much Caillou knowledge. Are you ready, Gary? <laughs> Yeah, oh god, I guess I am. How old is Caillou in the series? A, four to five, B, five to six, or C, six to seven? Come on, man. <laughs> five to six? And you start off the game on a on a bad note. He was four to five. Four he was four five. in the first season and eventually turned to a respectable five-year-old. Four. If it was me when I was 13, before I knew that it was problematic to say stuff like this, I'd be like, well, he's really is just an old man with cancer. There you go. We'll get there. Like like we all used yeah, to say. Yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> How tall is Caillou? A, 3 foot 11. <laughs> B, 4 foot 11. Or C, 5 foot 11. Uh, <laughs> if he's 4 to 5, he's got to be the, the shortest one. So what, 3 11? 3 11. Uh, you're wrong. He's 5, he's five foot 11. 
This he's five eleven and he's four to five years this old. This is according to two sites that this monk monked man is atrocious atrociously tall for his four year old age. <laughs> it's a four year old kid that's like a glorified baby. Yeah, he's like almost six feet tall. Absolutely. <laughs> I hate Caillou. Stuff of nightmares, dude. It absolutely oh my God. is. What are the names of Caillou's parents? A. Bob and Martha. <laughs> C. Or B. Boris and Doris. Or C. John and Jane. A. Bob and Martha. B. Bo Boris and Doris. Or C. John and Jane. <laughs> Bob and Martha. You're wrong again. It's oh Boris and Doris, because of course... Oh, I was gonna say, there's no way they're course, going with Boris and Doris. True love was found between two people with rhyming names. Start looking with out Boris. for Harry's and Larry's, Gary. Alright, how many f***ing oh times does the word Caillou get sung in the opening theme song? A. Six times. B. Nine times. Or C. Twelve times. Six, nine, or twelve. Caillou. Um... I'm actually going to go on the low end here because there's no way they're going to give us 12 Caillous. I'm going to go six. Do you I'm not remember the end? The first option. Caillou, Caillou, yes, Caillou. I'm Caillou. I'll give up. I'll give you anything. No, it's six times, but it still feels too goddamn many. You're right. I was going to say, if it's 12. <laughs> All right, you've already guaranteed that you're going to lose this, but that, that's fine. You're on the board for a oh right one. God. Last one. Since each episode contains multiple episodes within the episode, what is the title of the first episode in the series finale of Caillou? And since there were five seasons of this show, I'm giving you six options because Caillou. All right. A, peanut butter panic. B, playing in puddles. C, bang the drum. D, butterfly surprise. E, rules of recess. Or what, F? Five, option, option six. Ball to the bone. There's no way it was ball to the bone. <laughs> All right, let's go back. But let's go back to ones that you thought peanut butter panic. Hold on, what well, you know? I was I was actually gonna say, but given Doris and Boris, peanut butter. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with back to the bone. Ball to the bone. You're absolutely wrong, and I think you just wanted to make sure that you had as many wrong as possible. And I, I no, I was like, you know what? This show is going far. I have no, I have no other it's options freaking there. Butterfly surprise. <laughs> Butterfly surprise is the first episode of the last one. I don't. I just. Uh, hate Caillou. Glad to see you go. Enjoy your life. What? So, so it's been like running. Like, have they been making a new season every year since it they're came out, or they've been rerunning only, the season? Yeah, they've been rerunning it, but now they will stop even rerunning it. I, I, they, Caillou. yeah, Caillou, it's Caillou. This brat's named Caillou. Ba -ba -da -ba -ba -da -ba -da. That's him. Ba All right. <laughs> In case anybody wanted to know how I felt about Caillou. Maybe that should have been my hot take. I hate Caillou, but I don't feel like that's a hot well, take. I, I'm not alone. It's truthfully like a, a frightening little thing, and um, I'm happy that you feel the same way. Though you know, I have to shout out Sid the Science Kid. Oh, PBS that's has some gems. Great. I love Arthur. I love Cyber Chase. Yeah. Uh, I loved even Zoom. That it taught me how to make a great dessert. Is just put some uh, toothpicks and grapes and put it in the freezer, and then you have a nice little toothpick dessert mm. for you. But... But freaking Caillou, yeah, Caillou, it's Caillou. In case you haven't wondered, I had Caillou. It's stuck in my freaking head when I was researching this question, and I freaking hate me for it. That's me. All right. Now you got to pass it off to our wonderful listeners, Caillou. You're going to be singing it today, Gary. Don't you know? I know. You're going to go out. 
Exactly. It's so freaking catchy. It's like the freaking, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's. Oh, why do I even know that, man? Oh, go listen to the theme song. It's, it's even worse than you remember. All right. With that, I will have us leave this this hellacious and satanic this horrifying give me five this nightmare for <laughs> Podcastus Emeritus Gary Voucher. I'm Caillou. No, I'm Phil I'm Philip Amrein. <laughs> I'd say I'm happy that you listened to this one, but if you skipped the ending of this and want to burn this and never listen to this episode again, eh, I can't blame you. Go back and listen to our Christmas episode. That that brought me much more joy and left me with a much happier taste in my mouth. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to listen to all of our older podcasts. We've got more podcasts coming in this week with another review of Ma Rainey's Black Bottom coming up here. And uh, another episode of Give Me Five later in the week. So thank you so much for listening. Make sure to listen to us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere you might get your podcasts, except for Pandora, because you're just too hard to get into. So we, we, we don't, we don't want to <laughs> join you. We don't need you. We don't need your kind around here. Thank you so much, and bye. Bye.